This is Nestor Carbonell, Sheriff Alex Romero, and you're listening to The Horror Returns. Once again, you have found The Horror Returns, and I am hijacking the microphone right now because I want to tell you about Comic Palooza, May 13th. It's actually the whole weekend, May 12th through the 14th, but we'll be there May 13th from 6 to 7 at uh, booth 3319. Come by, check out uh, check out our show. We're recording live uh, at the George R. Brown Convention Center in Houston, Texas, and uh, we'll be giving away some free T-shirts and bumper stickers and have a little horror trivia quiz uh, test your horror knowledge and see how badass you guys really are and uh, it's going to be a great time man that's where we make the magic you get to watch it happen greetings listeners you have found the horror returns for all of you who delight in dread fantasize about fear and glorify gore welcome home this is the podcast that proves the horror never ends Each episode, we generally seek out and review a brand new horror movie and then go back and do a classic, but this is uh, one of those weeks that we're doing things a little bit differently here. So we have got our guest back again from last week. So do we have Patrick in the house? Yeah, yeah, what's up, what's up? And can I get a shout out from my main man, Jay? Yo, what it is, y'all? All right, well, we're in the... I'm Jay, of, y'all. <laughs> we're in the heart <laughs> of convention season, people, so we are all over the place, but we are not doing films this week. We are going to bring you guys a really kick-ass Bates Motel retrospective, and uh, we're also going to each give our top five Scream Queens of all time. And uh, somebody that's a good listener of ours gave us the idea for the Bates Motel retrospective. Jay, any idea who that might have been? Some guy, some Robert or something. Yeah, what's up with that dude, man? I don't know. I haven't heard from him in a while. I do. I see him in the mirror every time, but he just doesn't talk to me anymore. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, cool. So we uh, will not be covering headlines or trailers this week, but we still want to know what was the coolest thing you saw. So, uh, Patrick, let's uh, let's start with you, man. What's the coolest thing you've seen this week? Train to Busan. Um, uh, really good movie. That's a good uh, one. Freaking sad as hell at the end. 
but uh, yeah, that was definitely uh, not what I expected. Uh, but yeah, been on Netflix know, for a while on my watch list. So I finally got around to seeing it. I feel like I didn't give that one enough credit, man. I, I, I want to go back and watch it again. Everybody seems yeah. to love it. And yeah, it was in my top five. Yeah, was it? yeah. Yep. See, and I was, I was, I was kind of hanging back. I was like, yeah, it's all right. You know, it definitely had a little bit different take on the zombie genre for sure. I mean, you know, everybody always argues fast zombies versus slow zombies and stuff like that. And one of the things I thought was interesting about this show was how quickly they turned. Right. It's like, you know, they didn't take forever in the day to, to oh, you're a zombie, you know. It was like, boom, it's almost instantaneously. So I thought, well, that throws some a uh, little bit into the mix of challenge. So Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was definitely pretty cool. Hey Brian, you uh, you enjoyed that one, right? Yeah, it was in my top five too. I thought so, man. What uh, what about you, Jay? Did, did you see that one? Not yet. It is. Uh, uh, I have a list. Uh, a lot of things from you guys too to, uh, that I'm putting on my list to watch, and that I have one one thing to watch, and that is my number two movie right after that. All right. Did you have a Did you have a not so uh, not so cool of the week? Anybody? I did. I do have an uncool of the week that I, I want to give a shout out to. Um, so y'all know I collect comic books and stuff like that. Um, I just found out today that my local comic book dealer, the guy that's been in business since he's been in business for like 50 years, um, was killed uh, in a robbery at his store. Oh, man. Um, and I, I'm i still kind of in shock over it, actually. And So I wanted to give a shout-out, RIP, to, to Jim Cavanaugh. Uh, really nice guy. Um, he actually knew some of the same people I knew in Texas back when I was doing comic book stuff in Texas. Right. So we kind of had that connection and stuff. And, um, yeah, I, I, I've been going there probably the last maybe 10 years, maybe not quite 10 years. Uh, so just, just hearing this news is just kind of devastating. So, That's uh, and we don't know the future of the store yet or what's going to happen there and all that stuff. Cause he was a, you know, small business owner and that kind of thing. So Who it's a, everything's just in, yeah, yeah, I know, right? I mean, pretty, it, it's pretty ridiculous. Down so. And dirty man. So, anyway, that's my really uncool of the week. Did they? Yeah. Did you? Did they catch the guy? Do you know? No, they have not yet. Oh, that's the worst. Yeah. Uh, Jay, you want to pull us back up again, man? Uh, my cool of the week isn't really horror related. Um, it's a show I finished. Um, have you guys heard of Hap and Leonard? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God! Is that a great <laughs> a show, show or what? Yeah, I just happened to. Yeah, I saw the first season. I haven't seen the second one yet. Second season is is great. I think it's only like six episodes long. Yeah. Uh, I think they're like forty five minutes. It's from I believe well, I want to say the Sundance Channel. I, I happened upon it. It, it, it on is Netflix. Sundance Channel. It is Sundance. Yeah, okay. Channel. So the first season is on Netflix, and that's how I came across it. And then right. I came across it when season two was actually uh, it was still. I think it ended like three weeks ago or something like that. Right. So you know, I had it on. I had it on DVR on demand, and I finally got to finish that. Uh, I wonder, it was over the weekend, so it was, it was definitely. I got to see that. Oh, Happen Leonard is great. Um, it is. If anybody's familiar with The Wire, it's uh, Omar from The Wire, and um, oh, I can't believe I'm drawing a blank on his name. Um, uh, James guy, Purefoy. James Purefoy. He's yeah. he's a Mark Antony from Rome, and he's like he. I didn't see the show with Kevin Bacon, the the following. Yeah, the but following. he's the main. He's the main guy, right? He's the bad guy in that, right? Yeah, he was the bad guy, right? 
cold, the cold guy. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so it's him and it's Omar. He'll always be Omar to me. Omar from the right. wire. And it's uh, late eighties, <clears throat> mid eighties, Texas, Western Texas. And it's just these two guys. It's you know they're just getting into their adventures or misadventures. Um, but it's a, it's a really great show. It's um, it doesn't skip a beat. Every episode is, is good, and you know kind of the, the story you know moves pretty fast. There's no really no drag time or anything like that. Short seasons. I think the first one's maybe ten, some somewhere around there, and the second season's about six episodes. So it's a it's a really quick watch and a really really good show and i'm and i think they're still on the fence for season three if it's going to happen or not it's probably looking more like it may not happen hopefully you know netflix will you know save their bacon and pull it out and you know make it a netflix show but i really enjoy that Uh, i really recommend you guys getting it to happen leonard cool uh man i you know, I haven't had time to watch a whole lot this week. I think that uh, my cool of the week is going to have to be these conventions, uh, <laughs> Texas Frightmare and uh, Comic Palooza, uh, both amazing. And uh, I, I'm a virgin for these things, you know what I mean? This is the first <laughs> time that I've ever been. I popped my cherry. And... Uh, it's, uh, now you can't get enough. Huh? I know, right? It's 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 super cool. It's uh, a complete waste of money, but it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> it is a complete waste of money, yeah. But it's yeah, it's definitely fun. You know, uh, most and most of the actors and creators and all that you meet are pretty pretty nice, down to earth folks. Right? Yeah, no yeah. kidding. Like you, it's it's amazing how you run across these super famous people, and they are just super cool and and just want to hang out and chat. And um, on my, I know we're doing the the Scream Queens. Uh, I'm not going to say who, but I I did meet one of the folks on my list. Oh, and when, ah, when I get into that name, okay. I'll let you know who that is. Yeah, nice. I met nice. one of the folks on my list. <laughs> <laughs> Just real quick, uh, Jay, about the Happen Leonard. It, it did get it did get renewed for a third season. Awesome, yeah. awesome. I'm, it's da- damn good show. Really, I mean, you even, the second season has an old. Uh, Brian Dennehy, he's a, he plays this old sheriff, so it's always always good to see anything with Brian Dennehy in it. So that there's a thumbs up as well. The first season has the really big titty girl from uh, Mad Men; she's in there. So, <laughs> oh, uh, Christina, Christina Hendricks, Christina Hendricks, yes, yes. She's the name. I've been like, I don't know who that is. But my cool. <laughs> my cool of the week um, was a movie that we were going to review, but we had a hard time locating it. Oh, I I seen Colossal. Oh, how was right. it? Not what I expected. <laughs> but Good or bad? I, but it made I, your cool I, of the week. I will say, not a bad movie. Okay. Um. Uh, shit, I don't want to give it away. Um, it's super metaphorical, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, please don't give anything away, dude. I, yeah, let, me ask, I, let me ask you this. Would our wives enjoy it? Um, uh, Depends on their taste and moves. <laughs> I don't, uh, my wife, when I told her about it, she sounded a little interested in it, but not because of the monsters. Right. So I I don't know I feel like anything I say will kind of give it away and okay. I will do I will no, say one man. of the actors in the one of the actors in the movie took a turn that I did okay. not see coming and I really enjoyed that part of the movie hmm. I, I will I would say this is a watch was it as funny but, as the previews make it look or is it more serious um I didn't laugh as much as I thought I was going to okay that's hmm. what I needed to know. Interesting. Not but stop I, me from seeing it. I still want to watch it. Yeah, I, I, I still recommend people watch it. Yeah. It's just not 
not what I thought it was going to be. That's wow. pretty much how I felt about it, too. And um, as far as TV, I did check out the first two episodes of American Gods. Mm. I haven't yeah, got to watch I both I yet. Don't have, I don't have stars. Um, I can't remember I, what that one was about. Who's, who's, what is... It's got Ian McShane in it. That's all you need to it's know. It's got Ian okay. McShane. That's it's got uh, Peter Stormare. Man, um, that's a... Yeah, watching this, watching this show, watching this show, it just makes me love Ian McShane even more because mm-hmm. he is fucking awesome on this show. Um, I got right now, really I'm, I'm, one important question. Sorry, Dan, I got one important go question. Does he say cocksucker in this show? No. <laughs> you know what? I need to think because I know someone says cocksucker in this show. I don't think he has yet, but it doesn't mean it won't be coming. <laughs> Oh, because that was the greatest and dead one. There is there is reference to somebody dying in a car accident with somebody's cock in their mouth. Oh, <laughs> close what? enough. I'll take it. Apparently, somebody was going somebody was going down on somebody, and let's just say it was still in her mouth. Oh man, not that attached. Is, to them. That is oh. that is reminiscent a- of the world according to Garp. But um. <laughs> You guys remember that it, callback? Yes, Robin Williams. Yeah, it it is a really interesting show. It's very violent, and um, it's only Obviously. two episodes in, and <laughs> right. Uh, right now I'm I'm sticking with it. It's yeah, it's, it, it's got my attention. Cool. It's based off of a book written by Neil Gaiman, so that right there, it's it's that had my interest alone just from that. I have seen the first episode, but I haven't got to the second one yet. Yeah, Neil Gaiman it's, that tells it's, you all you need to know right there. Yeah. Expect the unexpected. Yeah, I mean, when you, you take Neil Gaiman and you mix in some Ian McShane with it, that's kind of a no-brainer. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's those are my... I recommend uh, Colossal and American Gods. Uh, people should check it out, both okay. of those. Yeah. All right. Yeah, my, uh, my cool of the week is uh, Since Aid is Back ah. on, uh, on Netflix. I- anybody check this out? I keep scrolling past it. I really want no, to watch it. I- I've heard you talk about it, and I haven't it. haven't dived in yet. Yeah, and it's I, definitely kind of on my to do list. Let so. me let me let me tell you what you gotta you gotta stick with it because the first two episodes of season one, I was I was I was out. I was ready to completely tap out. I'm like, what in the fuck is going on? This makes no sense. It's total nonsense. There's nothing to this. It's just a bunch of idiotic bullshit. The only reason I stuck with it is because it was the showrunners of the Wachowskis that did The Matrix. So I'm like, mm. I gotta at least give it a chance. By the time you get to the third or fourth episode of the first season and you understand what's really going on and how all these eight people are, are able to communicate to each other telepathically across the world, it is a brilliant show. And the, the second season pretty much starts off exactly where the first one left off. And what's great about this show, guys, is that each of the people... Uh, that are connected to each other telepathically live in a different part of the globe. So you've oh. got you've got filming and scenes that were actually done in different countries and different cities around the world. And it's just gorgeous photography. It gets a little silly sometimes, a little over the top with montages and stuff like that. Uh, and I think that's done on purpose to be kind of, you know, sort of like poetical, so to speak. It's It's not your typical straightforward action show. But there's a lot of action in it, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, but it's very cerebral, and it makes you think, and I, I just love it. So I am very happy that Sense8 is back on uh, is back on Netflix. I've really heard nothing but good things, man. I'll check it out. 
definitely putting that on my list. Netflix. Cool. So is that uh, is that everybody? Yeah, I did want to throw in too, um, just real quick. If you're not watching the series Fargo, you're not doing yourself any favors. You oh, should definitely geez. be checking oh, that out. That's me, man. That, I gotta uh, watch it. I'm telling you, and and all, every season so far has been fantastic, and this new season has just been just off the chart. Yeah, it's got uh, it's got uh, what's her name uh, that was in the the, the, the thing remake and oh, uh, uh, Lucy McLean and Mary uh, Elizabeth Winstead. Oh, yeah, she's in yeah, it, and she's just she's just freaking gorgeous. Yeah, um, so but yeah. And and it's also got uh, some really good performances by you and McGregor in it because he plays two different parts in this one, right? So twin yeah, brothers. twin brothers. Ah, it's it's yeah. really good. So definitely check it out if you're not checking it. If you haven't watched it yet, and it, that goes with all the seasons. Every season, all of it has been really good. So top notch. Now, is it uh, guys? Is it the same? Is it still this? I know it's a different story every season, but is it the same showrunners? I believe so. Because those are the same people behind Legion. Yeah, I, I do know that every season's completely different. Like they're all right. standalone seasons. Mm-hmm. But I hadn't really paid attention. But I would say it probably is the same showrunners. Okay. Now, now the first two seasons are tied are tied in. Where in the first season, you uh, the main. The main um, uh, protagonist was a deputy. Now her right. father, her father was, um, you know, a sheriff or our deputy at one right. time. And in the story, he tells his daughter, he tells her a story. And the story is it's only like a minute long. You, you know, he doesn't really give into detail. Mm-hmm. Season two is she about that. So it's, oh, wrong. Thing. Sorry. <laughs> no, <laughs> so no he didn't die of dysentery. <laughs> season two is about. Him, which Patrick Wilson plays, the young version of that guy, and it tells his story. Now, season three, I don't think we've seen any connection yet to the first two seasons or or even the movie, for that matter of fact, because season two does have a callback to the movie. So the movie, Fargo, season one, season two do have a connection. Cool. Yeah, I'm checking out Noah Hawley is kind of like the wunderkind behind it, the main writer. And he is the one behind Legion, dude. I'll bring it back around to Legion. I really liked that series once I finished with it, man. It got right. it got a little long there in the middle because it was it got a little nutso. But uh, like if you finish a little nutso, yeah. If you finish watching <laughs> it though, man, it it was pretty cool. I enjoyed it. Have you not just gotta got pay attention to it yet. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's worth it's worth watching. I've I've I finished it. Also, but amazes it will keep me guessing. how you people rattle off names like that, man. I have no idea who that is. Hi, this is Dee Wallace from E.T. and Cujo and the Howling, and you're listening to The Horror Returns. All right, so you guys ready to to, uh, get into the first of our two-parter here? Let's do it. All right, so part one of the show is going to be Scream Queens. We're going to be followed by a Bates Motel retrospective, and we have a special treat for you guys. As you know, we did attend the... Texas Frightmare Weekend, and we had the honor to attend the uh, Bates Motel panel. So we did actually record that entire panel for you guys. We're going to play it at the end. Now, the young young man sitting to our right was one of the coolest, nicest young fellas that I've ever met in my life, but he got a lot of pleasure out of this uh, panel. He got a lot of laughs out of it, wouldn't you say? So when you're... (laughs) I'll put it to you this way. You, you got you, listeners. You'll know what we're talking about when we get to the recording of the panel. You're going to hear a lot of laughter. 
This guy really was having a fun time. Is that me? There, so it wasn't you. <laughs> oh, it was, okay. it was the young. <laughs> oh, during the panel, I see during what you're talking panel. about. Correct. Hey, he was a super cool guy, man. I did. I'll give him credit, man. We made a new friend out there. <laughs> All right. So uh, this is going to be a countdown uh, from five to one of the top Scream Queens of all time. As always, our guests go first. Uh, but, of course, we have two guests again. So, uh, gentlemen, who's it going to be? Start your engines. Go ahead, go ahead Patrick. Oh. You can go. Okay. Well, uh, I just kind of threw this together. I hadn't had a lot of time to really give it too much thought. Uh, but I had just, you know, and of course, me being a little more classic, some of mine tend to be a little older. But uh, my, my making number five on my list, I guess you could say, I'm going to go with Heather Langenkamp. Ah, okay. Um, ah. Because she was in some of those iconic movies of, you know, Background Elm Street and uh, The New Nightmare and some other ones. And, you know, she, everybody remembers Nancy. Right. <laughs> so um, I just, she didn't really, I don't know if she really did a whole lot other than those movies. But she's, uh, in, the, she's in the new Hellraiser coming out. Is she? But what? I mean, yeah. you know, it's like she was forever burned as, as a. Screen queen because of those iconic movies by themselves. She had, so and she had a small part in Shocker, didn't she not? I believe so. Yes. Oh, they, she they actually she made my honorable mention. Ah, cool. Nice. All right. So that's yes. my number five. I'm, I'm looking at IMDb. It, it her 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 official uh, character in Shocker was victim. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good screen queen. <laughs> there, there you have it. All right, Jay, what's uh, what's your number five, man? Number five is, is it's, uh, it's going to be a little awkward because I haven't seen most of the movies she's in, but she plays such a big presence um, in the Alien movies. I'm going to go with Sigourney Weaver. Wow. Um, I, would even, I would even throw... <laughs> Ghostbusters is a comedy. It's not a horror film, but it's it's a related genre. It's a cousin. Right. Cabin in the Woods, excellent movie. Um, okay. You can get split down the middle for Village. Some people like it. Some people don't. Is it horror? Is it a thriller? I personally love um, it. She was part of that. So number five, Sigourney Weaver. Okay. I am going to take umbrage with you on this one because I okay. considered her for my list. Mm-hmm. She's not a scream queen. She's a fucking kick-ass That's, action hero. I had the same thought is. because I saw her on a scream queen list and I was like, eh. yeah, I can't. Sorry, dude. I can't go there, man. I, hey, that, she just doesn't fit my definition of a scream queen, man. But no. I definitely see where you're coming from. I mean, she's definitely a great as, actress. As far as yeah. the actresses, she's iconic. Absolutely right up there in the top. But I just can't consider her a scream queen, man. So who's your number five? My number five? Yeah. Ah, I'm going going to go back to the classic days of film. And I'm going with the beautiful Faye Ray. Oh, old school. You want to talk about somebody who could fucking scream her ass off when a giant gorilla was grabbing her and trying to rape her? (laughs) (laughs) Although I don't think they quite went. Well, they kind of did imply that there might have been some rape, huh? Yeah, but I mean, she could not have done a better job of that. I, you know, I, I got to give you credit there. Yeah, Faye, Faye, Faye Ray is just phenomenal, just for King Kong alone. And she's done a lot of other... I was looking through her IMDb page. She has done a lot of B-horror movies. Yeah. Because that role got her a whole bunch of no, I'm sure. you know, shitty little B-horror movies. But, uh, yeah, Faye Ray, I mean, you can't go wrong with her. Yeah. You know? 
Uh, I, I think my number five is going to have to be friend of the show, D. Wallace. Ah! Also on my list. Awesome. Yeah, she's... Uh, uh, Cujo. She's been in a thousand different horror the movies. Howling. The Howling, the Howling was Critters, Critters. Stepford Wives. Yeah, Stepford. Well, she was in Stepford Wives for like ten minutes. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Scream Queen, you gotta get killed. Um, I, uh, I, I. She's just an amazing human being, and uh, full disclosure. Partially because we met her, and she's so awesome in person. Uh, I, I have to put her on the list. She's good, uh, good she pick, definitely man. belongs there. Uh, my number five. Um, I got my love of horror movies from a lot of '80s horror movies, and she's a '80s scream queen icon to me, and that's Linnea Quigley. Also on my list. Yeah, she's on mine too. <laughs> uh, she, she made my honorable mention. Uh, the film. She's been in The Return of the Living Dead, Dead. Silent Night, Deadly Night, (laughs) Sorority Babes and Slimeball Bolarama, one of my my favorites. You got to put her on the list. (laughs) One of my favorites, Night of the Demons, because it had a super weird scene where she sticks a lipstick through her nipple into her breast, and it was super weird and creepy and it always Sexy. just stuck out to me well, watching her, it as a kid. She, her characters are always kind of super weird anyway. Right. You know, in, in, yeah. in any of her movies. And if I remember right, we get to see quite a bit of her in Night of the Living Dead. Yes. Uh, Fam- so. uh, famous uh, graveyard scene. Yeah. Uh, I was going to, that, you guys are stealing all my thunder here, man. I was going to mention that too. <laughs> but, <laughs> Actually, uh, as a young man, I might have committed one or two mortal sins. Uh-oh. Well, maybe not a mortal sin. <laughs> I, I, might have, I might have gone through a few motions while watching that one. <laughs> but that is that is my number five. Very good pick. Who's next? Uh, is that all of us? Is our next? Four? Okay. Well, my number four was just who we just talked about. It was Lena Quigley. There you go. That was actually number four on my list. So. What, do you, what do you mainly remember her, her from besides Return of uh, the Living Dead? Return of the Living Dead for sure, but I, I'm just saying Silent Night, Deadly Night, and Night of the Demons, both of those movies. Are, I, those were probably some of the staples of horror movies that I watched as a kid in the 80s. Um, right. I don't know how many times. You know, Silent Night, Deadly Night was one of those I'd watch every time it came on HBO or something. Mm-hmm. And and Cinemax, if I remember, I used to show a lot of horror, too. And I'd watch, you know, we had that, so I'd watch that. Um, you know, anything that would come on there. And But I, I remember, yeah, Night of the Demons was one of those really kind of cheeseball horror movies, but, you know, from the 80s. But, yeah, I mean, she, oh, she's she would always pop movies, up man. in those. So it was great. I, I, I just know that's you just just remembering her. I, I had to have her on my list. So nice, yeah, for sure, man. All right, my number four is this is going to be an odd pick, and I think she's going to be more in the realm of Sigourney Weaver, and that's going to be kind of be my last of really that sort of you know not true scream queen um and this is going to be a newer newer actress um i'm going with vera formiga the conjuring oh, country i didn't even think of her bates oh, that, uh, that's a bates great motel pick, she's Although on my honorable mentions it's oh, wow. just she was probably and we're going to get too far into bates but she was one of the best things about bates motel oh, absolutely Gosh, she, right. she's fucking hot yeah right. Dude, and, yeah if and you listen to the show you've seen bates. we're not worried about spoilers on that one yeah. right but uh yeah vera formiga and with the conjuring 
things. She was an orphan, which I loved. Orphan, God, that was a great movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's going to be in Conjuring Three. Is Conjuring Three? She's going to be, and then I think she's going to be in the new the the nun seek the nun spinoff. Correct. Uh, I know her sister is. Oh, her, her sister. Oh, okay. yeah. Sister. Yeah. yeah. So, and there's okay. just more to come from her. I absolutely love her as an actress. Great actress. Oh, man, what a great yeah. pick, dude. She I didn't is, even think of her. Yeah, I didn't either at all. Yep. Vera Farmiga, number four. Uh, well, my my number four has already been mentioned. I'm going to go Fay Ray because, uh, you know, we watched uh, the old King Kong, and uh, that's kind of the definition of scream queen right there she right. uh she hit the nail on the head and i i feel like she started it even though the term wasn't really around yet uh she she did her job yeah she uh she definitely she definitely had the screaming part down too and yeah. the, and the flailing of the legs yeah 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 and she, what gorgeous <laughs> legs they were huh? she she did it as well <laughs> as any of those you know 70s horror scream queens you know right. what i mean in any of the number ones that I'm sure we're going to have the same number one on at least two or three of them. <laughs> no doubt. Um, all right. Is it my turn? Yep. Uh, I think so. Okay. My number four will be Janet Lee, the famous uh-huh. uh, shower set. Marion Crane herself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she's, famous she's an honorable mention scene. for me. Honorable mention. <laughs> yep. But uh, I, we're, we're, not, we're not talking about Rihanna, right? Uh, no, it's not about Janet Lee. Um, okay. I understand that. She, well, no spoilers. I'll let you guys do all that. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's hot. I, I had forgotten about her being in uh, Touch of Evil, which was. Have you guys ever seen Touch of Evil? Yes, it's been a long great, time, but I've seen great it. Yeah, intro man. That was like a continuous shot with a car that somebody had put a bomb in, and it just you're you're following the the camera's following the car through the town, and you're like, when is it going to blow up? When is it going to blow up? And then it'll stop, and they'll they'll pass some people by, and they're like, oh, sh-, you're you're thinking in your mind, ah, oh, shit, the car's about to explode. Yeah, and then it goes on, it goes, it just builds tension so much. Great, great movie, and I had completely forgotten about Janet Lee being in some of these later. Movies like, uh, did you remember her being in the original uh, uh, 1980, The Fog? The Fog, Patrick? yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she's been in some Twilight Zone episodes. She was in uh, yep. Halloween H2O. Um, unfortunately, we lost her, it looks like, in 2004. Uh, it felt like it was a lot longer than that for some reason that, that she passed away. It seemed like she'd, she's been gone for a while. But, yeah, she, uh, she definitely set the stage for a lot of these later screen queens for sure. Definitely. Well, she set the stage for some of the older ones, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, my number four, uh, again, another staple for me in the 80s. She was in uh, Reanimator, Chopping Mall, uh, and From Beyond, Barbara Crampton. Say, she's still Brian, very active, man! Yes, Brian, do you, and, do you have my list or something in front of you, or what? You know what, I might. <laughs> um, this, this, um, the reason why she made my list, like I said, she was a staple for me in the 80s, but she continues to do movies. Um, quick little list here. Uh, recently, she was in uh, Your Next, Lords of Salem, and um, mm. a very underrated movie, uh, We Are Still Here. And um, she about, makes my number four. Hey, what about what about the movie that that uh, that you saw, Brian? I think you saw it. It just came to Netflix about oh, the uh, uh, video game with the uh, Beyond the VHS. Be, Beyond the Gates. Yeah, is, that, the gates. Worth, is that worth watching? Because it just came um, to Netflix. It's. It's okay. I mean, okay. Well, it's on yeah. ne- it's on Netflix. So yes, right. But if it wasn't on Netflix, I'd right wait wait for it to be on Netflix. I guess. Yeah, I guess. Right. 
I fell asleep through that one, but not because the movie was bad. I was just pretty freaking tired when I went to watch it. So yeah, uh, Barbara Crampton's barely in the movie. So if you're if you're gonna watch it for Barbara Crampton, then then I wouldn't watch it. Well, and just mm. to, I'm looking here on IMDb. She's got a credit for Puppet Master: The Latest Strike. Yes, yes, which yes. is in post production. The, 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 the new one. The new so. one. That's what we thought they were going to show as the screener. Um, little story: When we were at uh, Texas Frightmare, Patrick, they mm-hmm. had a Charles Band party Friday night that Kevin, our friend Kevin, went to, and I kind of wish we had because they were giving away like free beer, all the beer you could drink. I thought it was going to be the new Puppet Master movie, but it was the new Evil Bong 666. Yeah, come, mm-hmm. come, come to find out, they were just um, putting on display the new puppets that are in the movie. Right? Yeah. So. And she's also got a credit for Apple Cart, which ah, we saw the trailer we for. about last week. Yep. And then the, yeah. also one called Death House. That's right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, which uh, Dee Wallace is in that. She told us about that movie. Yeah, which there's still no release date on that movie. <laughs> so yeah, right. yeah, it says completed. That's all it says. So. <laughs> oh man, that was a that's a that's a good pick, man. That is a good pick. Uh, uh, yeah, and that was and that was my like I said he's reading off my list because she was my right. number three um, and yeah because Reanimator I love that movie oh, that yeah. was that from the eighties was such a such a great movie but she was also in this really cool movie that I don't know how many times I watched it and why I saw it as many times as I did maybe just because I was bored and it was on it was a movie called Chopping Mall oh that movie and is chop, awesome yes huh? with the little robots that go around that, shoot, shooting up all the people in the mall oh, that movie man. that movie is some, 80s horror goodness right there yeah it's got some oh, great man. death scenes and just it's fantastic and then of course she was in the Puppet Master movies some of them and, right. um, and then Trancers too. So oh, she's been oh, a bunch of yeah, stuff. I so about that, so she did a lot of work with Charles Band then. Yeah, she she's been around, did a lot of stuff. I mean, she's definitely right the the screen queen. You know, she's she's kind of like the, a workhorse in a way that, compared to a lot of them because she's like I said, still active today, and you know, she's just great and everything she does. So, man, great great pick, dude. Great pick. <laughs> okay, my turn. Number three. Yep, number three. Number three, it was the person that I met at a Comic-Con. Extremely tiny, tiny person. I'm going to go with Adrian Barbeau. Oh, that is my yeah. next one. That's season uh, one, too. You all right. Say, you could say tiny, but, you know, depending on what body part you're talking about. You know. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> ton of movies. You know, Swamp Thing, Creep. She was in Creep Show. Yeah, Just, yeah. Oh, the mm-hmm. worst person in Creep Show. Um and she was in what Fog, Escape from New York. Oh, yeah. Someone's oh, yeah. watching me. Yeah. She, and I don't know if you guys know, but she was also the voice of the computer in The Thing. So she gets a yes. thing. Yes. Play the chess playing computer, yeah. right? Yeah, we talked <laughs> about that in a yeah. yeah. Oh, and if you're yeah. listening, hey, guys, if you're in Houston and you're listening, we're going to make that one of the trivia questions tomorrow. All if right. you come by George R. Brown tomorrow, you'll win a T-shirt. Oh, wait a minute. We're recording this a week later. Never mind. <laughs> wah, wah. We'll put them all out. All right, I'll tell you we'll what. We'll put them all out if or we'll record okay, another one. <laughs> why don't we do this? Why don't we do this? If you will write an iTunes review and put in that iTunes review for us 
that Adrian Barbeau, oh, by the way, love the fact that they pointed out that Adrian Barbeau was the voice of the computer in the thing. Guaranteed a t-shirt. How about that? Wow, we'll mail it to that's you. dangerous. Unless you're in Australia like Marcy, where it costs 40 bucks to mail it. In, in which case, we'll think of something else. We'll figure something out. We'll give you something free. Maybe a keychain or a sticker. <laughs> Depending on how many we get. And she's also in the upcoming Death House. Previously Death House. Oh! Yes. Hey, Jay Wallace. Yeah. If it ever no release date. <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah, it's me. Um, I'm going to go uh, Heather Langenkamp for this one. All right. Um, I think that uh, yeah, Friday the 13th – or not Friday the 13th. I'm sorry, man. Freddy. Freddy. Both of those get, like, real nostalgia with me because it's kind of what I grew up on. Um, so Heather Langenkamp in the uh, in the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, uh, you know, because you really do Freddy and Jason. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's in the Freddy movies, and she is pretty awesome. Yeah, or you can do Freddy versus Jason. There you go, right? Freddy versus Jason. That's that's why they have a Freddy versus Jason because they're right. so similar. All right. Well, my my number three is uh, she's been mentioned before, Dee Wallace. Uh, she was just uh, absolutely phenomenal, and I, I guess Cujo is the main thing I remember her in mm-hmm. with her being so much in distress. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. really I was really pissed off though at the end of the movie. Because I had read the book, and they died in the book. Mm. They got stuck in the car, and they died from heat exhaustion. And in the movie, they lived. Am I right, Brian? Yep. That's yep. how they changed it. So I was kind of pissed off with that Pollyanna ending, but they made it up to me on on The Mist. Because if you remember, in The Mist, the reverse. book, it's exactly. In the, in the story, the novella, The Mist, they actually lived at the end, but we all know how the movie ended. So yes. that one mm-hmm. took more of a dark turn, but she was so convincing as the mother in that. I, yeah, D. Wallace for sure, number three for me. Nice. Yeah, she, she's she's a pretty awesome gal, and I like her because she's a Kansas City native also, which is kind of cool. So ah, look out. <clears throat> Uh, my number three was uh, somebody was already mentioned, Adrian Barbeau. There you go. Um, yes. uh, I think a movie she wasn't. Uh, I don't think you guys mentioned she was also in The Fog. Yeah, yeah and, that's right. She was in The Fog. Yes. And as far and, and another thing she did voice work for that I don't know if anybody knows she was the voice of Catwoman from Batman the animated series. Oh. Yes, that was a big plus for me. My actually, my daughters, either. my daughters were excited to meet her just because of that. I'm like, hey, you know, because I got them into the bat. I'm a huge Batman guy, absolutely huge Batman, and and I got my girls into watching Batman the animated series, the Justice League, you know, and all that. And when they found out that she was Catwoman, oh, they were ecstatic to meet her. <laughs> yeah, uh, and uh, another fact, you know, she used to be married to John Carpenter, and another thing I did not know, she was married to Stephen Van Zandt. Oh, wow. uh, hmm. musician, and he was also Silvio Dante on The Sopranos. Nice. Hmm. So that was my number four or number three. Right. I'm sorry, number three. She was actually my number two. Oh, well, so, and I had right her, into it. Yeah, and, you know, my thing, but I, I, I might have had a little bit of a crush on her when I was a kid, you know, maybe just a little one. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I love Adrian Barbeau. I mean, she's just, and what, she was in something actually a little more recent. Um, do you guys remember the series called Carnival? Yes. Did anybody ever no. watch that? I that never was saw a that. Really, it was on HBO, right? 
yeah, it was an HBO series, and it was actually a kind of cool series. And then they sort of ended it out of blue, and it never really got a finale, which kind of sucked. Um, but she had she was in that and was really good in that too. Um, but yeah, I mean, she was just back in the day. I mean, she was the epitome of sexy and just everything, you know, and just really cool. She's in all the cool movies, you know, and you know, I loved her in Escape from New York and all that stuff. And she's just, you know, tells from the or was it tells the creep show, I guess, is what it was. Show. But uh, she just did so many all that stuff and I, I, Swamp Thing. Even liked her in Swamp Thing, even though that really wasn't horror, but. It was still kind of in the same vein in a way. So it, it was creepy enough to, <laughs> right, to be a, right. a, a Disney yeah. cousin, yeah. She's just going to go down as one of those all time classic actresses to me, you know, of the genre. So, and so I had to make it my number two. She was my honorable mention, man. I really wanted to put her in the list. <laughs> right. All right. Jay, what's up? Number two. Number two, I have a strong feeling he's going to be number one on a lot of you guys. Well, you, cannot, you know that. You cannot go wrong with Jamie Lee Curtis. Yep. Nope. Oh, oh. boy. <laughs> <laughs> number two? Wow. I number two. What's your number one? I know, is. right? Yeah. No, uh, Jamie, talk, of talk, course. Talk about a great set of tits. Awesome. <laughs> oh, my God. Just awesome. Phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, all the Halloween movies, uh, Terror Train, which you guys um, introduced me to. Um, <laughs> it's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's not much to say. You know, I think I, I haven't seen the Scream Queens, um, but when, when I was looking her up for, for the research to see if there's anything that I was missing, I guess she was in an episode or two of Scream Queens, so I haven't seen that. I don't know if you guys seen that. She, she, she's okay in it. Okay. She was in the fog. Um, but yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis. Can't go Jamie wrong. Jamie Lee Curtis, nice. Uh, man, my number two is going to be Yo Mama. Actually, her mama. Uh, Janet Lee. <laughs> there you go, man. From uh, Psycho, uh, yep. which is probably her, her best known character. Um, she also co starred with Jamie Lee Curtis in The Fog and Halloween H2O. Uh, but she's old school scream queen before the term was around you know Correct. although her her daughter perfected it made it yeah make she made it on a couple of lists for sure huh definitely uh okay so we're down to number two now yes yep. all right my number two is, has also been mentioned uh linnea quigley oh, wow. so i'm just gonna go down a couple of uh names here of movies okay you tell you guys tell me whether you think she specializes in horror movies or not tourist trap don't go near the park graduation day the black room young warriors savage streets fatal games party games for adults only what the hell is that uh sounds fun <laughs> oh, i missed that <laughs> i gotta go check that one out all right the return of the living dead we all know about that one right Yep. Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers. Yeah. How do you yep. fucking go wrong with a title yeah, like this? Best title you, out there. I mean, come you on. Can. Night of the Demons, Nightmare Sisters, Nightmare on Elm Street 4, Assault of the Party Nerds, Dr. <laughs> Alien, Deadly Embrace, Sex Bomb. Dude, it goes on and on, man. She Don't. was not just a scream queen. She fucking wrote the book on 80s cheesy horror movies, man. Which of us weren't staying up, watching these movies, smoking weed, drinking beer, <laughs> whatever we wanted to do, just chilling out? Do, uh, 
Do you guys, by any chance, remember when they used to have USA on the USA Network? They had Up All Night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. Yeah. Gilbert uh-huh. Godfrey, I think, did Friday night, ah. and then Rhonda Shear did Saturday night. These were the kind of movies that were custom made for that kind of show. I mean, this is my memories, boys. I'm a little older than you guys are, but I can, yeah. uh, I can, I, you guys can relate. I mean, fucking, who doesn't love to watch this kind of shit and just chill out? Fair enough. I mean, Linnea Quigley all the way, number two. Yes! I love bad horror movies. <laughs> good call. Yeah. Very good call. Okay, it's on me. Um, my number two is Miss D. Wallace. Oh, and, nice. um, Wallace. Yeah, we ran through her um, filmography, but there was a couple movies that I totally forgot her, that she was in that I recently just purchased. Uh, have you guys ever seen a movie called Popcorn? Yes! <laughs> yes, yeah, I were in the movie theater and the, yes. there was a killer in there. Yes, I, I totally I have, forgot I she remember. was in that movie. I and uh, another movie, too. another movie that that I kind of grew up with. It was it came out in the nineties. It was um, the Frighteners. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. She was uh, she was pretty good in that one too. And then uh, the House of the Devil is a is a Ty West movie that that I think oh, is underrated. The newer one, the newer yeah, one, sure. So, uh, yeah, my number four is Miss D. Wallace. Number two? Okay, number two. Uh, number right? two, I'm sorry. I'm reading my list wrong. Oh, I had completely forgotten about her being in the House of the Devil. Yes. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that was a good slow burn movie, man. Yes, it was. Because it was the whole leading up to it. Like, you know what I liked about the, that movie and the way Ty, Ty West directs? is like there was a scene where they were sitting in a restaurant eating pizza. And I'm thinking something bad, something sinister is going to happen. Like she's going to lift up this piece of pizza and there's going to be a body part in it or it's going to be poisoned. And it wasn't. It was just all leading up toward developing the characters of these girls. And then the girl ends up working in that house and very, very slowly she starts to realize something weird is going on here. Something ain't quite right with this house. And then in the last 10 minutes of the movie, it's like, bam, 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 in your face. One thing after another. Devil worshiping, all kinds of weird shit going on. I love the way Ty West makes these movies, man. He leads up to it slowly, and then he fucking pops you in the mouth at the very end. That was a great movie. And that is my number two, D. Wallace. All right. Back to me with uh, number one. Uh, before I get into down, my... Down to the number one, huh? Before I do my number one, I did have a couple of honorable mentions, and we've already talked about them. Um, the first one was D. Wallace. Um, I had to mention her just because, like I said, she is a Kansas City native, so had to, and she's been in some great movies. I remember her from The Howling and all that stuff, too, and... You know, she just was kind of an 80s icon in general, just from being an E.T. and everything else. So, um, And then my other one was Janet Lee because she was the kind of the epitome of screen queens from Psycho. And you know, that, that role was so iconic. Um, that, and then, of course, she gave birth to my number one pick of Jamie Lee <laughs> Curtis. So, um, and I picked Jamie Lee Curtis not because, I mean, yeah, she's fantastic as a screen queen, but yeah, you know, and yeah, you know, not to sound like I've objectified women because I did mention she had a great pair of breasts earlier, but she's a fantastic actress. Oh, you know, hands down, it doesn't matter what she does, mm-hmm. um, whether it be horror, comedy, whatever. She she's phenomenal. Um, but you know, going back to the original Halloween and whatnot, and she kind of she really gave birth to what def- we define the screen queen as in a way. You know that. 
girl next door kind of thing, you know, and the troubled heroine, whatnot, um, and you know, running from everything. And you know, it's famous that she was in some great ones: Halloween, The Fog, Prom Night. Right. I mean, uh, Terror Train. I mean, Escape from New York. Um, although she was just a uh, says here. Oh, wow, that's interesting. It says here she was a a voice in that. I didn't realize that. Um, it says narrator, computer voice, uncredited. Hey. Escape from New York. Hmm. Oh, but um, Look at that. Halloween two. She was in that. You know, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of stuff um, <clears throat> that she was in horror wise, and that defined that role really. Um, so yeah, I I had to make her number one just because who she is, and you know, she's even today she's still a fantastic actress. So yeah. Well, that's pretty much my list. All right, my number one. So when uh, when Brian told me we were going to do the five uh, screen queens, of course I had to do some research from five to two. But my number one pick, I knew exactly who my number one pick is. And then Lance kind of stole a little thunder when he found out what who he talked to at Frightmare. My number one is and will always be D. Wallace. Wow. I loved her so much in Cujo, in The Howling. Just those two movies alone for me. Love D. Wallace and everything she does. E.T. even, yeah, it's family, but it's still, you know, that alien that you know that that different things to it but and she does a lot of horror movies throughout it but i guess critter she was in critters um you know although she had a small step small uh, part in step for wives did a couple of uh twilight zone uh episodes but number one for me d wallace friend of the show forever Uh, nice man. Well, uh, you know my number one pick. Obviously, is going to be Jamie Lee Curtis. She uh, she coined the term, I believe, uh, "screen queen." Hey, I, if she didn't, then she should have. Because when you think about "screen queen," you think about Jamie Lee Curtis, and I, I think that yeah, she perfected it. You know, that's that's what you think of when you hear "screen queen." I think that's about all that needs to be said with her. Yeah, the only the only word I can come up with right now for what I'm about to say is anticlimactic because you guys have covered it all. Of course, right. it's Jamie Lee yeah. Curtis. Guys. <laughs> you know, I mean, the thing I really remember her in the most, I think, was Prom Night, Halloween. Uh, for me. It, well, I mean, obviously Halloween, yeah, yeah. but that goes without saying. But in Prom Night, she was so fucking convincing. Yeah, as yeah. The, dam- the damsel in distress. And yeah, yeah. I mean, you're right. And Terror Train, The Fog. I hadn't even thought about that. Uh, Halloween two, well, Halloween. obviously she was in Halloween two. She had a little, uh, a little part in Halloween three as a voice of some sort. She What's was the announcer. I think she was. Uh, wasn't she like the announcer in the in the? If I remember correctly, in the um, the hospital, right, or something like that, or was it the police station? Something. She was like the, on the PA, I believe. Oh wow! See, I, I didn't know. even know that. I remember I that stripper that, scene man. in True Lies. Oh yeah! <laughs> oh yeah! That's yeah. Jamie Lee yeah, Curtis. Yeah, yeah. Who I'll could, take it. All right, so let's, let's close. Let's close this baby out, Brian. Okay. Um, who who is our number one scream queen of all time? Well, I went outside the box because I kind of knew Jamie Lee Curtis was going to be number one on a lot of lists. I went a different direction. Someone I kind of felt like I grew up with her, and that is Danielle Harris. Yes, uh, I am definitely on my definitely on my. Uh, yet, you pick Sonny Liston. Honorable. Jamie Lee Curtis is going to knock him out. <laughs> 
Um, Danielle Harris, Halloween's four and five, and then she returned for Rob Zombie's Halloween movies. Yeah, right. Um, she's been in Hatchet Two, Hatchet Three, Urban Legend. Oh yeah, um, Stakeland recently. Um, oh. She's even been in some action movies as a child. Uh, she was in Steven Seagal's Mark for Death. Oh, um, Bruce Willis is the last Boy Scout. I mean, right? Great movie. Done a lot. And uh, like I said, I kind of went a different direction because I I just felt like she was always in a horror movie as I was growing up, and we're right. sim in the sim we're similar ages, so I just that's why I went with her. A lot of nostalgia there for me. So uh, my number one is Daniel Harris, that is who is not in Death House, which still doesn't have a release oh, date. Surprisingly, <laughs> surprisingly. Okay, well, I didn't come up with any honorable mentions. You guys have, have mentioned quite a few. Is there anybody we have left out of this conversation? Um, I got a, I got a few. Um, I got a couple, yeah. Uh, my, my old school honorable mentions first. Uh, Allison Hayes from a, another movie we didn't get to review that we were supposed to, Attack of the 50-Foot Woman. 50-Foot Woman. <laughs> she is fucking gorgeous. Right. Uh, Tippy Hedren from The Birds. Ah, good yeah. Okay, good see, that was the first thing that popped into my mind after Jamie Lee Curtis on the Scream Queen list, right? Uh, and just, for, just from the Birds movie, you know. And as far as the uh, newer <laughs> ones, uh, Jay, you already said uh, Vera Farmiga. Yes, I did. Mm -hmm. And another one I would have to go with is um, she pops up in a lot of Soska sister movies, and that is Catherine Isabel. She okay. was in American Mary and right. uh, Good, See No movie. Evil 2. And she was also in the Ginger Snap movies, uh, the werewolf movies. Ah, okay. Yes, I know exactly who you're talking about. She so, was actually uh, Mary, right? Yes. And she, uh, those are my honorable mentions right there. Awesome. You guys ready to... Uh, oh, no, wait. We, we still got a few more, right? Jay? Um, yeah, I got a couple. Um, of course, Heather uh, uh, Legenkamp was one of them. Uh, one, a most recent one, not strong enough to make the top five, but I thought was an all mental is uh, Nev Campbell. Through all yeah, the I was going to ask about mm -hmm. her because she showed yeah. up on a lot of right. lists that I was looking at. A yeah. lot of lists. I, I thought about her, but I'm I just, like, I just yeah. couldn't do it. Yeah. I just think she had enough body of work for me, but that's my yeah. opinion. What what I think and just because she was the main the main protagonist in the movie, Scream right. really kind of brought that genre back. So yeah, and I true. think she she real she was the face of the movie, so she kind of played a good part of bringing that genre back into the mainstream always, for a lot of folks. So well, she's going to get an she's going to get a, a definitely an honorable mention for that. Yeah, yeah she was definitely so, better in Wild Things. One to touch the well, that's because she was naked. <laughs> well, <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 All right. I think that's huh? uh, it for the Screen Queens. We're on to the Bates Motel. Time to check in yeah. at the Bates Motel. There you go. Uh, what did you guys horrible. think overall about the series? I, it was, I don't know. I got really into it the first, like, couple episodes, couple seasons, I should say. Uh, and then the third season, I, I started tapping out. Right, kind of fell um, off. I, yeah, because it, it sort of just, uh, I don't know, I just got to the point where it just seemed to be going around in circles and kind of losing itself to me. So I sort of tapped out of it. Um, but then going back and watching season five, I thought they, they actually, I picked up, I, I actually, season five was actually somewhat enjoyable to get through. It wasn't like a grind trying to watch it. So right. overall, I think the series was was good. 
I don't want to say it was great, but I think it was pretty good. You know, I, overall, uh, if I had to grade it, you know, I'd say, you know, above average. You know, definitely better than it was bad. Well, man, I'm yeah. gonna, I'm going to agree with you there. I think that uh, the first season, I was super stoked about this show, and uh, and I really liked the first season. The second season started trailing off, and then like. I think the third season is definitely the worst, but maybe yes. they were just trying to extend it as far as they could, but they had too much outside shit going on, yeah. which is what we said on this show a thousand times already. Yeah. Uh, but I yeah, got to say, man, fifth season, wow, brought it back around. I'm glad that I watched that shit. That was awesome. Yeah, it was definitely uh, – I, I wasn't disappointed in it. Yeah. Yeah. A very bookend series. You know, it started strong. It ended strong. As far as the middle, like the season three and all and even a little bit of season four i i sort of have a love hate for it the hate part is yeah you, you're just right there's just too much town inside town drama going mm-hmm. on right but without that you're not gonna get the craziness the absolute fantastic acting by vera farmiga i mean that's dealing with Everybody within the town, all the nut jobs, although the point of view is like, she's the crazy one. No, she's kind of the right. same one. And everybody else is freaking nuts. Yeah. So that's kind of my love hate with it. You, without all that drama, you're not going to get that great performance from her and her reaction and her screaming all the time and just reacting to everybody around her who's just the insane ones and she's trying to keep herself sane you know with her son and all that so that's kind of why I that's my love hate for it I can I can definitely go with that man that season 5 brought it back around and made all that other bullshit in the middle make sense yeah and and, and if you notice in season 5 she wasn't oh of course we're getting into spoilers right we're good yep uh, yeah we're doing an overview of the season so if you haven't seen okay it, so see so spoil the shit out of it spoil okay so <laughs> she's dead in season five so that's why you don't get the really crazy uh nut job uh norma because it's the it's the norman version of you her get evil so, norma. right Exactly. So you take out all the drama and all the shit from the town and you don't get that crazy that 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 Norma that I loved. And, you know, they pulled the character into and she made such a character for the series. Of course, you don't get that because you don't have the town drama anymore. So that's where it's but it's still a great because now you can really focus on Norman. You can focus on what's going through his head. What's he doing? How's he reacting? And that was a great thing about the season five. Yeah. So apparently uh, Freddie Highmore, Max Thoreau and and Nestor. And I mean, they they all like directed different episodes of season five. So I don't yeah, know if I, that I, played into it or what. But I, I feel like they pulled that back together, and and it was great. Yeah, and the one thing about this too is, uh, and I believe I don't know if it was the initial thought, initial plan or maybe it was their plan on along because. Initially, everybody thought it was a prequel to Psycho. It's going to lead up. Right. The, the last episodes are going to leak. Right. Lead up, That's what I you, thought, too. Yeah. And then you get that one episode where he comes at Homeboy with a knife. And you're like, OK, it's its own thing. It's yeah. a different version. Yeah, it's you know a, what? And I and I love that, too, that, it was that great. he that he let Marion Crane go. Yeah. Yes. yeah. And, and, and it just that whole scene where he's fighting with his version of Norma. It just really shows you that the real Norman, you know, he 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 has a heart, you know. Yes. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And I, a lot of people didn't like that. I, I didn't see. I didn't understand why. I, I, I liked the change. I think I liked the whole it. digging deep in depth into his mental illness, and he's not a bad person. He's just fucking crazy. Was the whole basis of season five, and 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 I, I wish they had been doing that the whole series, and they didn't. But uh, the way that they handled. The season five of it, where they just—it was all about his mental. It, it, it reminded me a lot of uh, like Hannibal, you know, the first season or two of Hannibal. I thought was really good. Um, they just should have made this down to like two seasons, and I think it would have been perfect. Yeah, I, I have to admit, when I first saw the the change up with that scene, I was a little disappointed um, because I did thought it was going to be. Well, one, I was weird. I thought it was weird. We're getting it in like episode five. Yeah, because I did think I did. I I was under the impression it was going to lead up until right. to that scene. Basically, that's what I was expecting. Yeah. What else are they going to So <laughs> so when it was different, I was like, well, that's kind of shitty, you know. And I was like, okay. So and then as I got on, it's okay. I guess it's they're trying to do their own thing with it, and so mm-hmm. this technically doesn't really tie into the movies, is what they're saying. Basically, that's kind of what yeah. I, you know. So upon that realization and everything, I, I was like, okay, that works. I can I can live with that, you know, and and let it let it do its own thing, and that that kind of helped me enjoy it a little bit better. But but yeah, at first I was a little disgruntled by it. But it was mostly just because I was what I thought was going to be happening didn't happen, and not just that, but you know, the whole way I expected that to be like in the finale. So. And I was, and the good thing about why they didn't kill her off is because when you're waiting for Marion to die, it's more of your you're vested into Janet Leigh, Janet Lee, right? With Rihanna, there was basically no interest or no right. build up to this character. Right. So killing this character would have been no different than killing the guy that that um, that the sheriff hired to come after him. I mean, right. if he was going to kill her, I was like, that is the weakest payoff because I'm not yeah. in, I'm not vested into this character whatsoever, unlike you were the previous Marion with Janet Leigh. You were very invested into her when she came in because you actually, uh, you met you meet her first, don't you, before you meet on Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. This one, you know, she'd only been in there for a couple of episodes and you already yeah. knew that she was going to die. You know, I mean, yeah. if you've watched the Psycho movie, which I hope that you have if you're watching Bates Motel, but <laughs> they, I think that that was an awesome twist that they did. I really liked that. And I also liked, um, especially during that episode, a lot of the throwback scenes where they where they went like shot for shot with uh, Hitchcock. Yes. You know? Definitely, definitely, yes. And you were a little vested into Sam Loomis anyway, right? Sam yeah, Loomis, yeah, I guess, yeah. Right? yeah. So, and, and it was – and the twist to this, too, is he was he was kind of a bad guy. So you kind of – in a way, you're on Norman's side when he was stabbing the shit out of him. Because well, you're like, you know what? This guy kind of – necessarily a bad guy, you know? Yeah, exactly. And it wasn't Norman, right? It was Norma. Right. And well, you know that one thing not well, that killed Sam. That was normal. Yeah, because that was oh, no, that was Norman. Yeah. That was straight yeah. up. Yeah. That, yes. that was that was the only person he killed He's in the whole show. Exactly. Now. He's, yeah, yeah he's, you're right. You're he's right. the one that made the decision. <laughs> and if you notice, it's, and he owned up to it, didn't he? So when he realized it was Norman yeah. that killed the sheriff, it was me. You, when you want to get over here, because it's my, it's it's not my mother anymore. I can't put it on her. Now it's all me. Yeah. Yeah, and I like yeah. There, was a, there was a line in the movie or in the uh, in the in the show somewhere where uh, uh, they alluded to it a lot, 
um, before like the last half of the uh, the fifth season, where he knew that he was crazy, and uh, and maybe he knew that he was just seeing his mother and she wasn't really there, you know. And I I, I liked that aspect of it. And uh, I kind of wondered why at the panel, which we're going to broadcast after this episode is over, um, nobody had asked, you know, well, did you, did you, did did Norman know that he was crazy? But they definitively answered that. And yeah, he absolutely did. And uh, I I don't know. I thought that was a a pretty cool aspect to it, you know? Yeah. Does anybody have have a favorite episode? I was, well, um, I can tell you my not favorite episode <laughs> uh, was the finale. You like? Finale? I thought it was no. I thought it was a lot of build up for nothing. Yeah. And that there, there was a few characters throughout the series that I did not care for at all, and that was I can't remember her name off the top of my the girl with the oxygen. T- uh, tank. Yeah, Rebecca. I wanted her to fucking die. (laughs) And I thought the whole build up to them, her and the brother Dylan getting married and having a baby. I thought she was going to die. And I was a little bit let down. She, I thought she was fucking horrible throughout this whole show. And, um, the way it ended, it just kind of seemed a little anticlimactic for me. I thought it was cool because they put, um, uh, Dylan in like a very, relatable character role you know what I mean mm-hmm. and, and so he's like the family guy and uh, and kind of the final girl <laughs> yeah see I, I like I like Dylan it's just I kind of felt like like through that whole scene when he's gonna where he's he's doing his phone call to his wife he's making it seem like you know I might not come back I'd never felt like he was in any danger ever yeah I you know I'll be honest with you I thought maybe he he might kill himself. Dylan? That's for, where I that's kind of where I thought they might take it because for, for, he, for having to do what he had to do right. I expected that, him to die before that, they and got then the fact the trial that you know like like what what's who was it the the gal that you know the one that the the Vera clone says you know it's like you're his brother and he fooled you for years you know it's like you knew he was crazy yeah and never did anything about it and i kind of thought maybe well, i wonder if he was gonna you know i was a little worried that you know, he was gonna start guilt tripping himself good point yeah and, 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 I, I, and you know I could, because with i could see jungle, what you're saying yeah. <laughs> so i wasn't sure if he was gonna go kill norman or if it was gonna be he was gonna take himself out or yeah i could see that especially Especially with the the wife's mother getting killed, yeah, he never he never did anything because before she even got killed, you know, you had the scenes in season four where he's talking to basically his mom, but it's Norman and Norman's you know dressed in his mom's clothes and he's got the whole mannerisms and the way he talks and just never does anything about it really, and I can yeah. see where you, where you were going with that, yeah. So and that, that, that's probably what he meant by he's not coming home. Maybe he that was his initial plan. You know, it's mm-hmm. you know, if I can't live with myself, I'm I'm not going to be here anymore. So basically, this is goodbye. Yeah, you know, who knows? That could have been his initial thought. Yeah, it was just kind of weird. I didn't really have a favorite episode necessarily. I mean, mm-hmm. I kind of binge watched them all, so I didn't really like. Oh, you know, one was better than the other. They all sort of blurred it together to me. But um, no, I, I just I thought overall they did pretty good with it. I, there was a few 
they, like one of the things that I, I felt like they, they didn't get into, and maybe it was just because the network it was on and maybe they didn't want to take it to that level. But, you know, they, they, they hint upon it, but they didn't really get into it. But, you know, he was kind of a sexual deviant. You know, like, you know, he was spying. Yeah, Norman, you know, he was like spying on, on and But even throughout the entire series, every time he was with a girl, you know, his mother was always freaking out that, oh, my God, what are you going to, you know, like, because she knew there was something not right with him. And he was always worried that she might do something too like, far, like, you know, or rape somebody or whatever. But I feel like he and, was sexually repressed. Yeah, you know? maybe that's maybe that's a little bit more of, of, of the right word for it. But, I, yeah. But, yeah. He, but he was definitely there was something off about him when it come to women and sexuality. You know, like, you know, he like he didn't quite. Handle himself just right around women, you know. When it comes well, to that type of intimate relationship type thing, well, he, you know? he he did get some sex, but it just wasn't yeah. the kind he wanted. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> obviously like he had whole, the whole healed <laughs> mother attraction, you know, which is why he went for the girl in the finale because she looked just like his mom. Just, I mean, there was there was definitely that weirdness going on, you know. But I was I was I, talking about the club scene. Oh yeah, I don't know. Where he's all got a little bit. <laughs> well, he, you know, he got some sex in the very first season from that one chick too. So he sure uh, did. Well, yeah. he did. Um, here's, here's and the teacher, right? And, and his yeah, teacher, the teacher, yeah, the teacher too. Oh, yeah. 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 I guess the scene. I guess a, a episode I like. I don't know if it's an entire the whole episode. The scene that I, I liked was um, him meeting up with the doctor again. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they're they're having coffee, and then come to find out that that never really happened because right. the doctor's been, been, the, been missing. Yeah, right. Yeah, that was that was great. Yes, that, yeah, because that that threw me. I think my so. My, how, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I think my favorite episode was was the Marion Crane episode, just because it was uh, a, a big throwback to Psycho, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, but I. I also I want to explain a little bit on the uh, on the on the mother son relationship and why he gets so weird about sexual stuff. I think that, uh, you know, that's that's her little boy. And that's why that she treated him that way the whole time. You know, she didn't want him to grow up. And I think that he's so weird about sexual situations because I think there was an episode in maybe season four um, where he was under the bed. Uh, when his dad was raping his mother and he, yeah. like was reaching up and holding her hand and I mean it was, yes that's only yeah. a taste that of the abuse I'm sure that, yes. that they both took and uh, I, I think that that affected him in the long run uh, and right. that's why he gets so fucking freaked out when sexual things happen because he's got so many bad memories attached yeah, he, but he he also he did have some weird feelings towards his mom. Because well, you yeah. go back to see you go back to season four when they had the other doctor ask him questions, and when he asked him if he had sexual feelings towards his mom, and he started strangling him. Later on in the episode, he catches himself checking his mom's ass out. So <laughs> oh, I didn't he, see that one. <laughs> yeah, that that uh, do you know the episode where uh, the I guess it's a teacher or something that that teaches psychology. Uh-huh. Yeah, she, and- she had him come talk to Norman, and mm-hmm. as soon as he got to the question of, uh, "Do you have kind of sexual fantasies about your mom?" he instantly started choking him. But then later yeah. on in the ep- 
later on in the episode, he catches himself checking his mom out. See, and like, that's, you know, what am I doing? I think that he definitely had some inappropriate thoughts about his mother because that's the only woman that he's ever been that close to. But his mother, but she, but, but she did, didn't, she didn't so help though. She didn't help the, the situation though. Cause I believe she also made a comment. It's okay. Sometimes little boys look at their mom's breasts or something like that. Right. Yeah. Well, and I'm yeah, like, you're not she, helping yeah. them. She saw him as just a little boy. You know, she didn't, she didn't see him as a, a mature adult. At all, no. ever. And she's just trying to fix him there, you know. Yeah. There's just so much shit wrong with him, and then don't want to add this on top. It was dysfunctional. Um, it was a cool psychological which, thing, man. How how long was the gap between season four and five? Because in season four, she's it trying to no get baby. him committed. <laughs> she, she About was a year and a half. Get, she's trying to get him committed because she, she can't because he's 18 now. Mm-hmm. But then you go to season five and he's in the bar knocking drinks back. Oh, good point. Yeah, it's probably, but maybe at least two years because the baby is what maybe five months old, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, a couple of years. Four. Yeah, I don't think they were married. And I, I, I want to add a little tidbit: the psychiatrist um, teacher that Norman choked out—that is Josh from the Blair Witch. Oh yeah. Oh. Hmm. We had yeah. talked about yes, that in the right. Blair Witch episode, I remember. Yeah. Yeah, but uh my favorite episode probably is I want to say season four where Norma dies. Just the whole scene, the song from ha- from the Halloween, the um Sandman, you know, the the version that was from yeah. the, the Halloween remake. Perfect song, perfect scene. I, I don't I don't say again. Was it Inner Sandman? No, it was uh, the... Okay. <laughs> Mr. Sandman. This is why I'm staying out of this talk. I've never seen this show except the first episode. It would have been a totally different episode with that song. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Although, I, I feel like he should have gone a little more towards that song. I, I, I thought that, that scene was a little bit anticlimactic. I wanted him to, like... Rage kill his mother at some point, and uh, uh, that's not what happened. Maybe well, we could have met in the middle and they didn't fade to black. Well, yeah. well, speaking of someone that was in that scene later, um, how did you feel the the sheriff played out through the, through season five? I loved him in season five. I thought he was great. yeah. I well, in, having not seen season four, you know, I it was kind of different. I mean, I know they th- things are going south for him in season three. Yeah, and so you know, because I remember that part going on, but I didn't see like like I said, I missed probably about half of season three and then all of season four. So, okay, well, my problem with him it, was in season four because it, he flipped from being like family friend to uh, like having this infatuation with Norma that was ridiculous out of nowhere. You know- I, I would challenge that a little bit because I think he, he was attracted to her from the very beginning. Now, yeah, yeah did, did it? Guess, did it? But... Did he turn it? Did he turn the volume up in season yeah, four and like then crank it all the way in season five? To but 11. I think season season five, I think it had more to do with he was always in control, right? He, it's yeah. his town. You remember the one the guy who first uh, challenged Norma and said, "Hey, I left some money there." He just straight shot this dude and threw the money. Did he just throw the money in the river? Or if I remember through his bag and shit in the river. So 
he's always in control. And for Norman to take that away from him, I understand his urge to kill his urge because they took something from him that he wasn't in charge of anymore. And so I get the season five, season four, yeah, a little bit too much, but it made more of what he's finally getting what he really wanted the the entire time. So I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. If there was absolutely no, nothing in between them between season one and season three, then yeah, it would have been a little ridiculous. I think think they could have focused more time on that relationship instead of just (laughs) flipping the switch and turning it up instead of, you know, dealing with Dylan's bullshit with his weed dealer or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Probably. Yeah. Cause (laughs) Because it, it kind of crammed it all into the toward the end of season right. four. Yeah. yeah, if it would have started way earlier, then yeah, I could probably see that. That, that makes and sense. A question with the sheriff in season five. Who was this lady he was staying with? I'm not did sure. She, where, where, did she work with him in the somewhere. first season? I, I thought she worked for him in the first season. Maybe. Because <laughs> she made she made the statement that they should just run away together. I know you're a broken man, but I can live with that. We'll change our names. And I'm like, who the fuck are you? Yeah. Where did you come from? <laughs> He's got other relationships. What about the banker? Yeah. She came up. Uh, yeah, she did. <laughs> he, seemed, he seemed to have a lot of women around. I'd have to go back and look. Silence. I don't know if she was in any of the other seasons or not. But I didn't know who she was either, really. Yeah, I thought I thought she was a keeper. She's she had a cabin and everything they can go to, and yeah, he's out of her She's league. Re- I'm telling you right now. <laughs> <laughs> she was ready to serve him hand and foot. You know, it's, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, he, he uh, she, a good deal. But then he again, accept, I was gonna say she didn't accept him with the guy liner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Bates Motel, um, um, I would probably go. Okay, before you rate it, are we rating season five or are we rating it as a as a series? I think you as have a to rate it as a series on the whole. Okay, uh, I would go with a soft, very soft eight, very okay. soft eight. That's not that bad, is, man. but mm-hmm. that is mostly. Mostly, is almost all of it. The performances by Norma and Norman, and you know, with a, a slight third by Dylan. You know, Dylan was Dylan was really kind of the consciousness, the conscious of everybody there. Yeah. But just the performances of Norma and Norman, and I get that you couldn't get that Norma without all the drama bullshit that was kind of the filler in between the seasons. You wouldn't be able to get the performance from her without that. So I'm going to take that into account. And that's why I'm going to give it an eight out of 10. I'm, I'm uh, almost there with you. I'm going to go with a seven. Mm-hmm. I, I, it, also, most of that is Norman and Norma and Dylan grew on me because at yeah. first I didn't care about your whole, your dad, yeah, yeah. your uncle whole storyline. And definitely, but where it loses points is the whole situation with the town. I, I really, it just took me out every time. I just wanted it to go back to Norman and Norma. Um, with the exception of a few characters that I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed Ryan Hurst as, yeah. uh, as Chick. That's, oh, yeah. Because yeah. he was just a strange okay. fucking guy. Yeah. And I fucking, I fucking liked it. Especially I liked his weirdness. Five. Man, yeah. he really clicked in season five. And I, I, I seen it coming, but at the same time, I didn't. The, his death scene. 
Yeah, that kind of made me mad. Actually, I was <laughs> I was a little irritated that he died. <laughs> yeah, because I, I I I thought he was going to get this story out. Right, that right. He, was, he was recording, but the fact you know, I guess he had it coming. The fact that you knew this was happening, and you're just you know writing it as a story, and you didn't do nothing about it, was kind of fucked up. But um, his whole character, I, I really enjoyed him, and um, yeah, I'm gonna give it a seven. Good, yeah. I well, uh, the uh, they they talked about it in, the, in, in the base motel <laughs> panel um, that uh, Chick maybe is supposed to be the author of the book, uh, possibly. Um, Actually, I, I was gonna bring that up as a. Okay. Uh, oh no, you can finish. I, I just had a like a an alt alternative ending i thought of when yeah. i watched that um well and you may know more about it than i do i'm not i'm not too well versed in the in mm-hmm. history of it but uh I, I i loved his character i mean he was weird in like season three and four i don't know where they brought him in exactly but he oh, was, re- real real quick about him did who was his wife and child man i, I don't, don't know, know if it ever really showed about him yeah he kept yeah. saying like the sheriff took my money and my wife and child. I don't think what? that he was meant. Yeah, I don't think that it wasn't the sheriff. It was no, uh, no. It was Dylan's dad. Yeah, Dylan's, or Dylan's dad. dad. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. His and, dad, uncle. I don't think then, that he was supposed to end up being such a long term character. But uh, mm-hmm. like well, he had, you know, such charisma when when he came in that uh, they. Yeah, it's almost like you know they kept mentioning he kept mentioning you know you took my family. But then later, it kind of seemed like maybe you really didn't have a family that you yeah, just always seemed just... like a weird little hermit guy, huh? Yeah, because he he made a statement that he lived most of most of his time alone, and he yeah. wasn't he wasn't used to being around people. Yeah, which makes sense based on solely his clothing choice. Yes, <laughs> his kimono and his cut off shorts and yeah. his <laughs> flip flops is you know. <laughs> <laughs> and all all of this during winter too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so definitely. I, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna give the series a seven point five. I think. Uh, I, like it was. I think it just had a couple of seasons too many in the middle. Um, yeah. The the, the the last the first season was pretty good. It kind of it kind of sucked me in. I maybe wanted it a little more than it was there. Uh, but the fifth season was amazing. Like great TV. It was uh, way better than any of the other seasons. And if you if you miss everything else, just go watch the fifth season. You don't necessarily have to know all the bullshit that's happened before it. I I mean, unless you really want to get into character development stuff. But yeah. I liked it mostly because it, it it focused on Norman and his mental illness and Norma and uh, that's I think where the series should have stayed instead of trying to delve into all this other bullshit then it would have been like a two or three season series because you I couldn't have that, that. Yeah, you couldn't have too much. Yeah, season five yeah. Is, is like a really long extended version of Cycle the Movie. Right. right. I mean, yeah, without all the backstory of who Dylan is and, and you know, who really Norma is. Because if you just look at season five, you're only you're only getting the Norman version of Norma. So that's right. one thing you would be missing, which would be OK. You, well, know, you don't really need that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's that's kind of where Cycle really comes in season five season like with season four the build-up for that i was i was really not 
especially looking forward to season five. And then it just it just really surprised me how how good it was, how artistic it was, and how much of a throwback with the with the you know cinematography and everything it was great. Patrick, uh, I'm gonna give it. I, I'm probably wasn't as high on as the rest of you. I'm giving it about a, a six point five. Um, I did enjoy this last season. I, I will say it was better than what it would come to, but, but just because I kind of tapped out and hit a rut there with it in the middle of it, kind of took some points away from it for me. Um, but it was well acted. I mean, I thought Vera was great. I thought she yeah. was a fantastic choice for uh, Nor or for Norman's mom. Or, uh, <laughs> um, and honestly. Um, what, what's his name? Freddie. What's his the Freddie Highmore. Norman yeah. Freddie Highmore. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't like him at first um, when I started watching it, but he kind of grew on me and, you know, made it work. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I thought it was well acted and everything else. I just think the story kind of lost its way a little bit there in the middle. Yeah. And, you know, because of that, I, like I said, it, it's definitely better than, you know, above average. It's like it was six and a half. Um, I didn't think it was terrible, but there's just so much good TV out there right now. Um, you know, when I look at other shows like Fargo and Better Call Saul and some of these others and then try to compare it with that, it's like, man, this one, you know, it shouldn't have lost me in the middle. Right. But, you know, I, I, will, I, I thumbs up for season five kind of redeeming it a little bit, which, uh, you know, and I thought they did a pretty good job of ending it and everything. So yeah, but yeah I was uh, mad at this show for a little while because it, it went so far off track on other yeah, stupid well, bullshit. Exactly. I mean, and that's I exactly say, why I couldn't I, watch I, it. I forgot to mention uh, that I, I love Freddie Highmore in this. I think that he kind of made that Norman Bates character his own. And then Definitely. in the fifth season, uh, he, he actually gave it a big throwback to the original Norman Bates character. Um, I can't think of his name off the top of my head. But, uh, Anthony Perkins. That's the one, Anthony Perkins. Um, yeah. I, think that, I think that he paid a great homage to him, especially in that um, uh, Marion Crane episode. Uh, but I, I, I... You know, I, I, I think that he really did a great job of paying tribute to that and sitting in that character in season five with still that little bit of his own stuff that he had brought to it, you know? Yeah. No, and I thought, and I thought they did some, like there was, what was it? The nine episode nine or 10 where, where he's doing the, the mug shot and then taking his fingerprints. I thought it was really cool. You had Vera, in real life standing there and then if you looked on the little screen you could see Norman like you oh, know that was so great. I that, yeah that was really that was, cool so yeah. you kind of see you know, I thought they did a real yeah. good job of playing off the Norma being inside his head yeah, yeah and, even, and, and even everything like that I mean yeah, they, they, yeah mixing Vera in with all those scenes was great yeah they, they did a real good job with that I it said it was it was good I just didn't think you know just because of you know, season three and, and where they just kind of lost me and everything. That's it. I think a six and a half is probably pretty good. Really. You know, maybe deserve a seven, but I'm going to give it a six and a half. So I don't blame you. Yep. Good stuff. Good. Yeah, I actually stopped watching it uh, around season three. So when season right before season five started, I just binged right because I still was recording in my DVR. So I had half of three, all of four, and I binged right through it just in time to see five. That is exactly and, what I did. Yeah. 
And that's that's why, man. Those middle seasons were kind of trash. Yeah, who was that? The one character I probably hated the most was the the rich guy who was really started the downfall of of the sheriff. Um, his whole storyline, the guy who dug the big pit. You know what I'm talking about? I forget yeah, his name. Yeah, I, that, I really hate that. I hated that story. Yeah, I absolutely yeah, hated was, that story. Stupid. I, you know yeah. what? A lot of the, as much as I like Nestor, especially since he talked to us, <laughs> Texas Frightmare, I thought that his character was completely unnecessary for the entire series. <laughs> but but he, he did a good job with it. You know, guy liner and everything. <laughs> Is that shit tattooed on? What's the matter with that dude? Why? Why, why would you do that to the makeup? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I thought of an alternate ending. Now, this was just a, my own. I was like, I wonder. It's got a little cheese factor to it. But it's if Chick, say Chick lived. And what if the final scene is him turning over his script or his book to say like a Alfred Hitchcock lookalike movie exec. I think that would have been cool. I wish they had done that. That would have been awesome. And then mm. you kind of, that's that little throwback. You're like, ah, it kind of comes yeah. full circle, you know, because he was writing the book. I, that, that was the only little disappointing thing from season five for me is that book didn't go anywhere. I was hoping for a payoff on something like that happening, and I would have really enjoyed that. But that may yeah. have been something that, I mean, I don't know anything really about the history of it, and I probably should have researched it before we did this episode. But uh, I, I honestly thought Dylan was going to be crazy by the end. Yeah. Because well, he had that scene where he was sitting on the stairs with that blank expression on his face. I think the the writer of the book may have died at some point, and I, I I mean I don't know if he was murdered or I think Chick was uh, like really supposed to be that guy. He was supposed to be the oh really dude. yeah oh wow wow that that I did not know. I mean I I could be completely off base. But <laughs> Somebody will correct me at some point. <laughs> Good stuff. All right. Well, I guess uh, that is the end of our Bates Motel, unless anybody else has anything to contribute. No, I think I'm good. Lance, go watch it. Lance, you (laughs) said go watch it. Uh, I'll probably skip it. There's too many. There's too many other fucking shows on just TV watch right season now. Five. Just okay, watch season, season five. five. You'll be all right. Okay. Yeah, yes, you'll be all right. All right. Yeah. yeah. Because uh, after what you guys have said, it, it kind of sounds like that's the that's the one where that's everything the happens. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. The the only thing you're not going to get from season five is just the great performance of Vera Farmiga in yeah. the previous seasons. That's probably the only drawback. Because she's um, different. Oh, yes, exactly. Yeah, she really just kind of, you know, made her own into that. And I, and I, and I really love that. Yeah, you could, you could almost say her performance at the end was kind of dead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. As always, we want to thank you for listening to another episode of The Horror Returns. <laughs> I mean, what else am I supposed to say, right? That was a horrible joke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to save myself. Okay. We'd love to hear your feedback and ideas. You can always reach us at thehorrorreturns at gmail.com. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Podbean. Just search for The Horror Returns. Uh, look for us on iTunes. And if you like what you hear, rate us and review us. 
Uh, I think I said earlier somebody gets a t-shirt for sure, right? That's what well, you said. Somebody gets. Was, t- you said everybody gets. T-shirt I guess. For sure. I guess. <laughs> but they got to get the question. They got to add. They got to add the right thing. Okay. Look, so. sometimes there's alcohol involved in these podcasts, and he doesn't always say what he means. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna get prizes out. I swear to God. Next week, it's Alien Covenant. Yeah, buddy. And also nice. and also the original Alien. And the week after that, we are going to be doing I think I think uh, Marcy is going to join us from us all the way from Australia, mate. Was that a bad accent or what? No, I love it. <laughs> we and we're going to do the films the of 1968. If you guys remember, uh, long-time listeners, about, uh, what, about nine or nine or ten months ago, we Is did... that long? Yeah, it's Holy been, shit. It was it's been a while. Shows. Yeah, we did uh, The Year in Horror 1960. I remember that episode. Were, uh, yeah. yeah, there were a lot of tentpole uh, movies. 1968. Uh, brought us what? Uh, what, are, what are some of the movies that that we're going to talk about, Brian? That were from 1968. I know we are doing uh, a Night of the Living Dead. George Romero's uh, Night of the Living Dead. Uh, Rosemary's Baby. Oh, yes, nice. sir. Nice. And what was the other one? Uh, Witchfinder General. Uh, is that the uh, one we're doing? Is it wit? Is it Witchfinder General or Witch Master General? I think it's Witchfinder. I think I'm mixing it up with Wishmaster. <laughs> so it's not Witchboard? I don't know, but fucking Vincent Price is a... Uh, Let me tell you board. something. If, fucking, if it's fucking Witchboard, that, that, mother, that motherfucker Kevin Nez can be on the show with us because he loves that movie. We're going to have to review Witchboard with every chance we get. Like Any yeah. any any movie that has any sort of similar basis to it, we got to do it with Witchboard. And Tony, and Tony contains it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anything on the Katrina's nude scene. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Patrick, until the horror returns again. Thank you and good night. Hello. Mr. <laughs> and uh, and cities and all that.
so. Just pass it down. <laughs>
moments as a source of inspiration to certain things that call back and refer to the movie and are reminiscent of it, but at the same time it was never, um, I don't know, I never felt any, any real trepidation in terms of feeling that you had to live up to this other performance. I mean, you kind of just get on with your job and hope it turns out for the best uh, and trust in it. Yeah. Uh, for for you three guys, at, at, at what point did you realize that Base Motel was as big as it was? And when people were coming up to you about it, did, uh, were you surprised how many of them um, didn't know Psycho? And, and just a very brief story, I went to a bank, I think during season one or two, Thank you. 
show that was obviously already established. Uh, and also I think that to some extent that it's, it's really nice, at least I felt this on the other side as an actor, working with like these guys as a director because we're so close and a lot of times on television you get new directors in all the time and you maybe don't always trust all of their decisions.
it was my coverage, it was a shot on me. And and this guy comes in, and you could see that I was struggling in this scene a little bit. It totally just changed his performance and totally amped it up and really changed the entire sort of trajectory of the scene and it really helped me with my performance. I, I thought that the ending was, was brilliant. I loved the little ding at the end. <laughs> Dude, on a motor. 
motorcycle, smoking cigarettes, like growing weed. And by the time I could before the day's over, I'm going to leave him with a baby in a minivan. Uh, but before I open it up there, the last thing I want to ask you guys about is uh, yeah, 
when the show was announced. And uh, I, I loved it. I thought you guys killed it. And the way that you switched it all around. Um, how early did you know that that was going to be what the shower scene was in the show version? Talked to Nestor a little bit earlier. <coughs> I have actually have Tourette's. Yeah, hey man. I actually have Tourette's syndrome for most of my life, and regardless, that I was conflicted about if I want uh, Ramiro to succeed or Bates or Norman Bates or um, I, you know, I suffer from it. So I know it's not mental, but it's psychological in addition to being neurological. So I'm very like, yeah, I was conflicted. But actually, I meant to tell you, I'm writing a book on Tourette's for the past like five years now to help. Yes, yeah, so people disabilities. So when I was watching, I was thinking to myself, one of the quotes I put in my book was, one of the worst weapons that can be used against you is yourself. And, you know, I was rooting for Norman and rooting for, you know, but I, when I got to, even towards the end of the fifth, I didn't realize how Norman could, you know, the, 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 the balance, how, how the balance, like, fully between him and his mother. So, and I want to say, like, I believe there's always going back, even when you're so deep in, like, your mind, you know, because I still deal with, like, stuff in my head you can't escape, you know, if you can't, sorry, if you can't heal the mind, once you heal the mind, the rest of your body's fine, and kill the folks one thing at a time. So I just wanted to mention that I empathize with Norman, regardless he's a killer. I'm not a violent person. <laughs> but I will say, if there's a, I have arachnophobia in regards to I watch all these horror movies, so I will say that if there's a spider in my set, I, I become Al Capone. I want his family dead. I want his whatever dead. I want his house burned to the ground. That's the only time I would get violent, but I just want to specify that. So thanks. Thank you. And then the show was amazing. And I want and to thank you. Thank you. Congratulations on your book. Thank you. I, I'm still working on it, but uh, thank you. She's working right now. But um, she, if you're a 
at the top. You know, she was the matriarch of the show in more ways than one. And she, you know, she had the show on her back the whole first two, three seasons. I mean, obviously Freddie as well. But really, Vera, you know, took, took the bull by the horns and and really helped establish the tone of the show as much as the, as the actor as the person. So Vera's the kind of actor who will sit on set, we all know this, rarely go back to her trailer um, because she's there to work and she's there for the crew and she's one with the crew and it was, it was amazing to see that because that set the tone for everyone. So nobody came to set. I mean, it was rare that anyone would go back. You were all in there, sat in your chair, waiting for the light to be finished so we can get to it. So that, I hopefully, I, I spoke volumes to me and I know to everybody else, but yeah, she, she's the real deal. She's awesome. <laughs> I think that's the cover that made really like all of us could sit up here and talk about how amazing here it is all day. Like as an actress, as a person, um, yeah, I think that that'll be that'll be one of the things that'll be really hard to move on from. I'm sure for all of us is is not to be like working with her because the past five years have been uh, amazing. You can't you honestly can't hope for for somebody better to work with and spend spend all that time. Yeah, I think Vera's, she, she was wonderful. I think what she brought to the show at the very beginning, I was perhaps the first to notice and dig out was the humor in, in the show. Um, the dark humor that was always there and always present in everything that Norma did that gave it such life and that balanced it off against the you know, more horror-like aspects of the, of the show. To such an extent that, I mean, it's funny because you talk to people who are horror fans, and I've never thought that The Basement House is a horror show at all. I mean, and I think that's testament to what Vera grounded it in emotionally from the very beginning. I mean, it wasn't, it's not even, you know, who's around the corner, who's the, you know, the creepy figure in the darkness, but those horror beats always felt real and, and grounded, as I said, offset by that humor that, that, uh, that Vera brought. Um, and it, it became so much more than just than just a horror show, and I think large large uh, part of that is down to her. Any more questions, uh, Brayden? Yeah, um, this is about Dylan's Dunkle, um, Caleb. <laughs> yeah. Um, My daughter coined the phrase, but um, uh, Chick made pretty short work of him, and they never brought him up. Do you think that would have affected you um, and how you felt about? Yeah, I think that would have. I think that would have majorly affected me. You know, and, and filming, I honestly like. I wondered the same thing. I was kind of going, like reading through the scripts um, after episode three. And read the script. Well, I read my heart. I read my heart. <laughs> Show that, you know, yeah. at least in the in the annual sequence there or something. But I 
was a it wasn't a particular um, incident as such that sort of started the the mother thing. I think that in the first the first few episodes there was a mixture of both mom and mother. I think as far as I can recall, uh, and then gradually I kind of just never said mom and just said mother, even when mom was written, and then I just kind of went with it.